0: Father, I come and ask that you would help me as I open your word and present it to your people. Help us as we look here in Galatians 6 at this beautiful truth and um, an obligation that we have to bear one another's burdens. Pray that you would be with each and every one of our hearts to, to listen to the movement of your Holy Spirit, to know what it is that, we can do to bear one another's burdens. Lord, I know that this is a, an ongoing season. This whole year just feels like the burdens are piling on. Uh, may hear this morning from your word. May we learn how to share that load amongst each other. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me in spite of the fact that I am a broken, sinful man. Use me as your vessel here this morning. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So many of you know that Sarah and I love to go on hikes. We really enjoy spending time outside. Just being out in God's creation is, is really restorative for us. Last year during our sabbatical, uh, we were able to go on a lot of hikes, We hiked the misty trails of the Smoky Mountains. We climbed the scenic Blue Ridge Mountains of Shenandoah National Park, and even kind of traversed these eccentric hoodoos that you find in Bryce Canyon National Park. We really enjoy, love hiking and being outside. And it's something that we've wanted to instill in our kids. And last August, right after Lewis turned one, he took his first steps while we were at Arches National Park in Utah. We like to joke that Lewis went from crawling to hiking and uh, has not stopped running ever since. And over the past year, we've looked for opportunities to kind of go on hikes here locally, and it's been fun to watch Lewis grow to enjoy something that, that Sarah and I enjoy, to be outside outside I think hiking really provides a useful analogy for where we find ourselves in our One Another series. You see, the past two weeks, we have covered what the Bible means when it commands us followers of Jesus to teach one another, to admonish one another, and to exhort one another. If I think on those in light of hiking down a trail, it's like when I'm teaching Lewis about something that's ahead on the path and how he might navigate it. Right? I might tell him to make sure he steps up on the log and then over it. Don't immediately step over it because there might be something dangerous on the other side that he can't see. Practicing those one another's is like being a guide by the side who's helping somebody navigate life's trail. This morning, we're in Galatians 6, 1 through 5. You see, Galatians 6, 1 through 5 commands us to bear one another's burdens. This is similar but different to the previous weeks. You see, this is more like those moments on the trail where I grab hold of Lewis's hand And walk him across some unstable rocks. Or even when I just carry him on my back because the the trail is too treacherous, or maybe the, the trail's too long for his short legs. Bearing one another's burdens is an inherent quality of being a follower of Jesus. You see, we imitate Jesus by bearing one another's burdens because that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Only he bore them all the way to the cross. I want to encourage you to imitate Jesus. It's why we are called Christians, because we are little Christ. Imitate Jesus by bearing one another's burdens of sin. Galatians 6 lays out for us three things we must do in order to imitate Jesus in this way. Three steps, you might say, to bear the burdens of sin. They are to restore, carry, and guard. First, we restore those who are burdened. Second, we carry burdens. And thirdly, we guard ourselves. Restore, carry, guard. If we make these practices in in our relationships with one another, then not only will we help a brother or sister out, but we will also grow step by step more like Jesus Christ. Let's take our first step together here this morning. Let's look at restore, right? Galatians 6.1 opens with, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. You may or may not be familiar with transgression or sin, as we commonly call it, but let me define that very simply It is when we act against God. When we act against God. You see, we were created by God to have a relationship with Him. But the first human beings, Adam and Eve, decided they didn't want to have a relationship with Him, at least not the way that He had intended. And they acted against Him, they chose their own way of living. They chose sin. And sin entered into the human race. And ever since, we have acted against God in rebellion rebellion against his way of living, rebellion against him himself. Because of these actions, sin has consequences. Sin has consequences because they go against the way our creator made us. They go against the way he created the world. This is really important for us to understand when it comes to sin and why sin is such a burden. Because it comes with consequences. Right? It's just like a, a computer programmer who writes the code for your banking app so you can check your account. If one line of code is wrong in that program, you won't be able to access your information. It'll corrupt it and and will not function the way it was programmed. You see, when we allow sin to be a common place in our lives. It overtakes us like a virus. It weighs us down and severely limits our ability to function. Maybe you've heard us say it this way. Sin just makes you stupid. And so Jesus has instructed his church to help one another fight sin, to bear one another's burdens. So Galatians 6 calls out those who are spiritual to restore those who are caught in sin. In other words, if you are not in a place of habitual sin, then you have an obligation to help those who are captured in sin. If you're at all familiar with the rest of the book of Galatians, you'll know that Paul spent all of chapter 5 explaining what it means to walk in the flesh and what it means to walk by the Holy Spirit and to have the Holy Spirit producing fruit in our lives. You see, if we are walking by the Spirit and he is producing this fruit in our lives, then we have an obligation to restore those who are still caught up in sin. Galatians 6 is specifically calling on mature, strong believers to help fellow followers of Jesus who still find themselves caught up in sin. You see, this is when one Christian comes alongside of another and helps them in their fight against substance abuse, anger, discontentment, or pornography. We help each other fight sin. The one who is walking by the Spirit restores the other away from the sin by teaching them to walk by the Holy Spirit, exhorting them with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You see that application of the previous weeks coming into play. You may hear this command to restore and, and believe, oh, I don't know if I would call myself spiritual. I don't know if I'm mature enough. I'm unworthy to really step in and help. I, I've got my own things that I need to deal with. Even though you have, you're not living in habitual sin, you, you find yourself truly walking by the Spirit. Romans 15.1 says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. These verses are not calling on those who are holy and just like Jesus to step in and help, but rather those who find they have some level of spiritual maturity. See, too often we sideline ourselves because we, we don't want to overestimate our spirituality. But what we end up doing is underestimating the power of the Holy Spirit. And Satan wins when we refuse to help someone because we don't think we are spiritual enough. These verses are simply calling those who aren't in a habitual sin, those who are walking by the Spirit, to be an instrument of restoration in the hands of God. This act of restoration is, is done with, with gentleness, right? So that it's meaning that we shouldn't feel self-righteous. To help restore another Christian is, is a humbling task because it reminds us of what Jesus has done for us. And it points out our own tendencies to sin, Restoration is done from a place of of love, a place of desire to see someone walking by the Spirit. Restoration is done by utilizing these commands that we have learned over the past several weeks. It's walking alongside of a brother or sister who is repentant but still struggling to overcome this habitual sin. We come alongside of them in life's trail to help them navigate the rocky terrain. Maybe it's sitting down and helping them think through what are the triggers for their sin? What are the provisions for sin that they have made in their own life? What changes do they need to make to their daily routine to help them root out this particular sin? Bearing one another's burdens, restoring them is, is getting in there and helping them fight that sin. I'll tell you, restoring someone who is caught up in sin is hard work, but it is worthy work. It's running into the flames to pull a brother or sister out to safety by the grace of Jesus and the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit. It's helping them fight for holiness. After all, isn't that what Jesus did for us? He ran into the flames of our sin. He took on the burden of our sin all the way to the cross. If we are to imitate Jesus, then we must bear one another's burdens by doing the work of restoring one another when we get caught in sin. However, there's there's another side to this. We all know that not all burdens of sin are consequences, right? Many of sin's burdens are more like casualties. Many times the burden is not a result of someone's personal sin, but the casualty of a sinful world that we live in, or even the casualty of someone else's sin. It may be an illness, or maybe it's hunger because someone's husband has abandoned the family. The examples of sin's casualties, I'm sad to say, Stop and really think that if any one of us were to think about sin's casualties for for too long, that, that mental list would just begin to burden our own hearts, fill our eyes with tears, because we live in a broken, sinful world full of casualties. And this is why we need this second step of bearing one another's burdens we need to carry burdens. We need to carry the burden. You see, when it's the consequences of sin, we restore, but when it's the casualty of sin, it's not that person's sin who has brought about this burden. So we imitate Jesus by carrying the burden with them. Truth be told, if the the Christian life is filled with these moments of of carrying one another's burdens. Restoration is not as frequent. Carrying happens almost on a daily basis. Honestly, I have learned the most about carrying someone's burden from all of you. Decades of watching this church family step up when a family loses a loved one and you provide meals and love on them. I've watched as members have battled cancer and people surround them and and help them, drive them to different appointments. Even over the past few months, I can't tell you how many text messages I've received from all of you saying something like, hey, has has anybody lost their job because of COVID? Is there something I can help out with? Is there a way I can chip in? It's beautiful to watch the Holy Spirit use all of you to carry the burdens of one another. It's something that takes the whole church because the weight is just so heavy. May we carry burdens for one another. May we imitate Jesus by carrying the weight of sin, these casualties of sin. If I may, I I wanna give six quick steps for what it looks like to carry this burden of sin for one another. Okay, first, pray. Pray. Pray for the brother or sister who is burdened with the casualty of sin. Pray for them, but also pray with them. Never underestimate the power that prayer has to to help carry the burden. Second, give sympathy, not solutions. Give sympathy, not solutions think this is something we men in particular really struggle with. We want to get in there and get some solutions done. But sympathy, often we do jump to give solutions and we want to fix the problem, but giving solutions just adds pebbles to the backpack of burden. Right? What we need to do is just recognize that there's a burden Burden is carried when we realize somebody knows, somebody cares. Sympathize with them. Maybe share what you felt when you faced a similar burden. Right? The, the ministry of presence is strong, and it's able to carry heavier loads than we ever imagined. And tears, 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 can say more than any words you can think of. Sympathy helps carry the burden. Third, pray for them. Pray for them. Right? Go to God. Ask him to help this brother or sister. Pray with them. When you don't know what to say, which happens a lot in these moments, just stop And cry out to God. I'll give you a a little pastoral tip here. I can't tell you how many times I've been in this situation and I don't know what to say. I don't have the words to help carry this burden. So you know what I do? I just stop and pray. And I'll even confess, God, I don't know what to say right now to help this brother or sister. Will you say the words that they need? and it's miraculous how he does it, right? Turning to God helps carry the burden. Fourth, number four, when and where you can, alleviate the burden, alleviate the burden. It may be buying some food, offering to babysit, or just meeting some physical need. A simple gesture of recognizing that they are going through some troubled time can be a, a powerful way to carry the burden for one another. The simplest acts of mowing their lawn or, or lending a, a helping hand can really carry the burden. And if you don't know what to do, what can I do to help alleviate... Then pray, which comes again to step number five. Maybe you're picking up on the repetition here. Step five, just pray more. Carry the burden by praying. One of the best ways that we can carry a burden is for continued prayer for that person, especially when they are months into this journey of burden. And it's okay to remind them that you are continuing to pray for them. They feel a weight lifted when they know that they're being remembered, that someone else is crying out to God on their behalf. Maybe you send them a text or, better yet, a little handwritten note, right? We love when we get those because they just don't happen that often anymore. Just send them a little note that says, I'm praying for you. I can only imagine what you're going through, but God does, and I'm crying out to Him for you. Number six, lastly, to carry the burden, you speak truth of the gospel. You speak the truth of the gospel. Sometimes the burden isn't something severe or life altering but maybe it's just the general weightiness of living in a sinful world. I think if we were honest, all of us are kind of feeling that to one degree or another. No matter the situation, no matter where you find yourself, the the burden of sin can cause us to forget the gospel. Right? We just get so bogged down in the casualties of sin, we can't see the beautiful light of the gospel. And to bear one another's burden is to speak the truth of the gospel, to remind each other what it is that Jesus has done on our behalf. We carry the burden by speaking the truth of the gospel. You see, people are burdened with the casualties of sin, and we need to carry one another. We see the generational impacts of sin. We see the local impacts of sin. We see the personal impacts of sin. So we all need to look to Jesus We need to imitate Jesus by bearing the burdens for one another. We need to carry them. And when we see a brother or sister faced with those consequences of their sin, we need to work to restore them. You see, when we do this, do you see what Galatians 6 tells us? And so fulfill the law of Christ. Do you remember that moment with the Pharisees? Where they're trying to trip up Jesus? What is the most important law of the Old Testament? And in one swoop, he summarizes half the law by saying, Love your neighbor as yourself. Bearing one another's burdens by restoring one another and carrying one another, fulfills that very law that Jesus laid out for us. We love our neighbor as ourself. And in doing so, we imitate Jesus. Now, as you think through those first two steps of, of restoring and carrying burdens, let's not forget the third the third step, to guard. Guard ourselves. Right? The, the reality of sin is that it is ugly and it is evil and it will rear its hideous head in your life when you least expect it. That is why Galatians 6.1 warns us, keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. As we step into the fray to help fight against sin for one another, we could easily find ourselves tempted to sin and then too also be caught up in the flesh. We must guard ourselves as we bear one another's burdens. Right? It's easy to become so focused on helping others that we forget to watch over ourselves. This is like when the whole family gets hangry. Any, any other family out there? We maybe eat a little bit later and you get a little hangry and everybody forgets and, and you get so focused on getting everybody else food and everybody's got their portion of chicken nuggets and we're good to go that you forget to eat and you're the one who has the biggest hangry explosion of them all. And it all would have been resolved if you would have just swiped one of those chicken nuggets for yourself. Am I the only parent who's been there? Right? We need to keep watch on ourselves because we could lose our footing while we're trying to help somebody else navigate life's trail. We could neglect our own family's needs because we're so focused on meeting the needs of others. We could fall into the hole of sexual temptation while trying to restore somebody else who's struggled with that. If we're honest, the the most likely is we may find ourselves tripping over our own pride. As we bear the burdens of others, we can drift into thinking, I'm a pretty good bearer. I'm, I'm pretty good. And we deceive ourselves into thinking we're better than Jesus, that I'm doing this work and not the Holy Spirit. Look to Jesus. You see, when we imitate Jesus by carrying one another's burdens, by bearing those burdens, we are bearing them to Jesus. The way we guard is by continuing to walk by the Holy Spirit. Let me put this into context here at Parkside. You've heard us reference our four value statements frequently. A lot in this series, we've talked about growing through relationships. Do you remember what comes before that? If you wanna cheat, It's up on the wall right here. Delighting in the gospel. Delighting in the gospel. You cannot properly grow through relationships unless you are first delighting in the gospel. We keep watch by delighting in the gospel. This is why you hear us say so often, preach the gospel to yourself every day because we need to remind ourselves, we need to remind each other of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what Jesus did to save us from our sins because it's that gospel that we apply to our everyday life. It's that gospel that we apply to every relationship, especially the relationships with fellow believers. You see, delighting in the gospel is the soil and the sun from which we grow. Have you ever tried to grow something without soil and sun? Some of you kids were at Family Nature Hour a couple of weeks ago. And you learned that a tree really needs soil and sun in order to grow. It may look alive for a little while, but eventually it dies. Plants need soil and sun to to get the nutrients that are essential for growth. And we need the bright delight, the gospel richness, in order to sustain our own growth, let alone helping one another grow. This is why we must keep watch This is why we must delight in the gospel, lest we too be tempted to fall into sin. Last week, Pastor Justin gave us the analogy of of diving deep into the pool of the gospel and swimming in its restorative waters. You know, some of my favorite hikes are those destination hikes where you're hiking a long trail out to this beautiful waterfall that cascades into crystal blue cool waters. After a long hike, you can just jump in and cool off a little bit. You see, after a long, strenuous hike of restoring people and carrying burdens, we come to Jesus And there is nothing more refreshing than diving deep into the gospel. After all, isn't that what we're restoring people to? That is what we are carrying people to. That's what we are guarding ourselves for. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news Christians, I, I hope that you see this. We're, we're saying this week in and week out. I, I warned you early on, get ready. We're just gonna be a broken record because we need to hear this. This needs to leave our minds and sink deep into our souls that we need the gospel every day in our lives. It's more than just a right standing before God. That is necessary. But it also brings a restoration that is essential to life. A restoration that that pushes us past selfishness and looks to bear the burdens of one another's so that in the gospel we may find spirit-filled unity with each other. A restoration that pushes us past self-righteousness and looks to others and asks others to help us bear the burdens of sin so that in the gospel, we may grow through relationships If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, I hope that you will hear the words at the end of Galatians 6 5. For each will have to bear his own load. Load, the original language is different than burden. Load here is referring to the responsibility of your sin. Our actions against God, the the way he has created life, incurred a penalty, the penalty of sin. And only yourself or Jesus can carry that load. You see, you will either pay it with an eternity of separation from God, your creator, or you'll hand it over to Jesus. You see, Jesus paid it by taking the penalty on himself, and all you have to do is ask him to forgive you of these sins, and trust in him as savior alone. I hope that you will hear what God gives through faith in Jesus, right? It's it's not a get out of jail free card, But it's also not a list of religious rules. The gospel gives a life-changing relationship with your creator. A relationship that is, is difficult as it shapes you into a new creation. A relationship full of sacrifice as it pulls your focus off yourself and onto others. A relationship that is full of purpose because it fulfills what you were created for. You see, we were made to have a relationship with our creator. And sin has just wrecked havoc on that purpose. Sin has this ability to to strain us to the breaking point and then snap us like a twig over the knee. The burdens and the burdens of sin, both those casualties and consequences, just begin to weigh us down and then they'll eventually just crush us like a falling boulder. But for those of us who know Jesus, we know that he came to bear our sin to forgive us our sins so that a relationship with God could be restored. We know that when he forgives sin, we find hope from those consequences, from those casualties. We know that he has given us one another to walk life's trail with, to have each other to restore us to carry those burdens so that in bearing one another's burdens together, we imitate the one who saved us. What's said here in Galatians 6, bear one another's burdens, it's written in the imperative. It is a command to do this. All Christians know that Jesus has saved us through his gospel by bearing the burden. And so we apply it in helping others bear the burden by restoring and carrying, all the while guarding ourselves. We imitate Jesus by taking what he did for us through the gospel and applying it in every relationship. Imitate Jesus by bearing the burdens of sin for one another. Jesus bore the burden of our sins all the way to the cross, but we bear one another's burdens to Jesus. Let me pray. Father, we confess that we are the ones who fell away, that we are the ones who have rebelled against you, who've rejected a relationship with you, our Creator. to sit and to listen to your voice. I pray that you would do your work and your people now. Use your word to stir our hearts to yourself.